From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, February 15th. Last year, President Biden used an executive order to raise the minimum wage to $15 per hour for workers on federal lands. That rule will bump the pay for many in the outdoor industry, like river guides around Moab. But it brought pushback from some outfitters. A group sued the government, alleging the new wage rule was, quote, arbitrary and capricious. Justin Higginbottom has an update on that lawsuit. River guides working on federal lands this coming season will receive a $15 minimum wage with overtime after all. A federal judge has denied a request by outfitters that they be exempted from the rule. Arkansas Valley Adventure and Colorado River Outfitters Association sued to keep Trump-era exemptions for their industry. That association includes at least one outfitter in Moab, Oars. The plaintiffs hired libertarian law firm Pacific Legal Foundation for the case. Sam Jensen is the executive director of the Whale Foundation. His group provides counseling, scholarships, and healthcare stipends to Grand Canyon River Guides. I think it would be great for guides if they could be paid more. Understand also that outfitters, they bring in what they bring in. He says guides face a lot of financial pressure as seasonal workers. It could be challenging to actually make a living make your life work and make enough of a living while you're doing it. Some guides, at least for a time, are often living kind of on the financial edge. Two years ago, when the pandemic first hit, Grand Canyon was shut down for several months. A lot of folks were on the brink of financial disaster during that. Jansen says that among guides, there has been more awareness lately of a need for services, whether financial or psychological. Culturally, there's a bit of a change. It used to be You were a rugged outdoors person and you just got it out and dealt with what you needed to deal with to do the job. And you're supposed to be tough and you're supposed to be an individual and all that. And people are starting to realize that uh, you can be those things, but also consult experts when you want to learn some things about making your life work better. The Pacific Legal Foundation says they will appeal the judge's decision. The judge also found that the Colorado River Outfitters Association lacked standing. That group didn't convince the court that its members would suffer damages. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. In January, reporter Justin Higginbottom spoke with River Guides about their work and this federal minimum wage increase. You can find that story in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. And if you are a guide or an outfitter and would like to share your thoughts about pay or working conditions, we'd like to hear from you. You can send an email to news at kzmu.org. By almost any measure, Utah's 2020 elections were among the most successful in state history, with record turnout and no evidence of voting irregularities. So why do some members of the Utah legislature want to make registering voters a crime? At least one group, the Rural Utah Project, says it's because its members did too good a job of getting Utahns to the polls. Mark Richardson, with our partners at the Public News Service, has this report. 
House Bill 371, filed last week by GOP Representative Phil Lyman of Blanding, also seeks to end mail-in ballots and drop off collection boxes. Rural Utah Project Director T.J. Ellerbeck says the law is aimed straight at political organizers. As far as registering people to vote, this bill would make that impossible legally because this bill also makes it illegal for an organization like ours or any random person on the street to, to register someone else to vote. The Rural Utah Project has registered more than 5,600 new voters, many in tribal areas and in San Juan County, which coincidentally is in Lyman's district. When asked about his bill, Lyman told Capitol reporters that it wasn't about finding voter fraud, but to restore election integrity. The measure drew immediate opposition from Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, who said it has no basis in reality. In 2018, two of the three San Juan County Commission seats were won by members of the Navajo Nation. Ellerbeck says if HB 371 becomes law, almost everything that makes Utah elections work well would be tossed out. We're an all-vote-by-mail state. In 2020, 94% of Utahns voted by mail, and this would eliminate that. It would probably cause our elections to triple in cost and just generally be pretty catastrophic for voter turnout. The Rural Utah Project is part of a coalition of organizers, including the ACLU of Utah, Utah Disability Law Center, Utah Muslim Civic League, and the League of Women Voters of Utah. Ellerbeck says the group was formed to protect their hard-fought electoral gains. Our vote-by-mail system in Utah works, and that's because we know county clerks across the state have figured out a way to implement it cheaply and safely. And there's no reason to change that system because it is working and it is already secure. Mark Richardson reporting. This report is from our partners at the Public News Service. The Bureau of Land Management and U.S. Forest Service announced earlier this month what the federal grazing fees will be in 2022. Milwaukee from KHOL in Jackson Hole has more. The fees are $1.35 per animal unit, which is five sheep, one horse, or a calf and cow. That's actually lower than what was imposed in 1981. And reporter for High Country News Kylie Moore says if those 1980s fees had simply kept up with inflation, they should be just over $7 per unit. People are upset about inflation impacting them, and so they kind of feel like, it should be impacting everyone. Moore says there are over 24,000 total grazing permits on federal lands throughout the country. She also says there are strong ranching lobbyists advocating to keep the fees where they're at. And as with anything to do with public lands, there's always kind of this push and pull between who gets to use it and what does that access look like? And also what are the consequences of what happens on public lands? Some conservationists are now arguing that grazing has major ecological impacts on public lands, and raising ranching fees could help offset the costs of maintaining rangelands. I'm Will Walkie in Jackson, Wyoming. That report comes from our partners at KHOL. In other cow-related news, the U.S. Forest Service shot dozens of stray cows from helicopters on public lands late last week. The Mountain West News Bureau's Madeline Beck explains why. Many of the cows in New Mexico's Gila National Forest have been there for generations. They escaped, became wild, and are hard to catch in that terrain. The Forest Service decided their best bet was to shoot about 150 of them from a helicopter, leaving the carcasses. Robin Silver with the Center for Biological Diversity says they might have sued if the agency hadn't made the move. The cows damaged the environment, and he said shooting is necessary because an earlier herding effort ended with 51 cows caught, but 18 of them dying. The area is so rugged when they have to literally drag these cows out, they either get hurt or it's just impossible. So they end up having to euthanize them. 
The New Mexico Cattle Growers Association fought against the shootings. Lauren Patterson is its president and says the Forest Service should have acted sooner to remove the cattle. He says shooting them now isn't the solution if it leaves meat to rot or entice Mexican gray wolves. We were afraid that they were going to just be feeding those apex predators and basically uh, food conditioning them to like the taste of beef. Patterson says some might also be escaped Cattle of Association members. He says the group plans to take legal action to keep this from happening again. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Madeline Beck. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, February 15th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. 